2: You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. I'm Neil Manthorpe and over the next hour or so, I'll be joined, as always, by my co-host, former England fast bowler Steve Harmison, to look back at another terrific round of county championship action. We'll discuss, amongst many other things, a great week for Hussie Pameed, Don Bess and Matt Parkinson, and ask why Surrey are struggling so far this season. As well as that, we'll be joined by Durham's run machine, David Bedingham, and we'll head to India, to discuss whether the IPL should be continuing or should it be stopped in the face of the rampant COVID-19 epidemic or pandemic. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Army, an awful lot to get through. 14 centuries, six five wicket hauls but let's begin with um let's begin with the the, the the bad news story and that is surrey the form of um of the county championship rich boys is a cause for real concern i mean
3: they they're being beaten and being beaten badly yeah um it, it's hard to it, it it's hard to try and put your finger on where surrey's at and what's happening your your former house um was he he's landlord um mr batty and and vikram selanki and Director of cricket, Alex Stewart, must be scratching their heads. At, I don't think it's – the sometimes in a county championship, you just could come on a bad pitch. You could come up against a good bowling attack. But this is a side full of stars. And when I mean full of stars, this has got – the game they've just played against Middlesex, that's 613 international caps between them. 248 test caps between them on that pitch. I think a lot of the Surrey members will be would have been expecting a hell of a lot better from a one to a one to five, which is uh, Bern, Stoneman, Amler, Pope, and folks you know, who have played a lot of international cricket and been around a lot of international dressing rooms. So something's not working, um, and that's obviously plain to see from the outside. How the change and rectify that? Well, I'd like to think from a Surrey point of view and a Surrey members' point of view, if you're thinking about it. Our know, class is permanent and that will come through, but they're gonna to have to come through very, very quickly. Because at this minute in time, Surrey are really, really struggling. Um, and they are you know, they're staring down a barrel of not even being in the second division, the second tier. They could be in the bottom tier um when the county championship splits. And you know, a fair play to Middlesex. The played extreme did the play extremely well, or did Surrey just roll over and, and let them go. Ten wicket win is emphatic, absolutely an emphatic win. And you know, there'll be some scratching heads between Bati Solanke and um, Alex Stewart.
2: Surrey in, uh, in fifth place in Group 2, just in case um, people have forgotten or Surrey supporters have expunged the memory from their, uh, f- the scores from their memory. 154 all out and 130 all out. Oli Pope made starts in both innings. Hashim Amla, the big name signing, made a four-ball pair. I mean, he made a first baller and a third ball naught. Uh, Middlesex 268 and 18 without loss. Sam Robson made 95. I mean, it was it's hard even to find a claw to stretch, to, uh, to cling to, to, for Surrey supporters.
3: Yeah, and it, it, the one, I think the one positive out of this, and we've mentioned a couple of times on this on the show, we've seen him a little bit in the winter and, you know, Reece topley he's not that old. He's only about 26, 27. Uh, the big tall left arm. He got 456. So if there's any positives come out of it, it was, it was Reese Topley. I mentioned first week of the of the, of the Collective Manners about Hashim Amla and my experiences with someone like Shiv Narayan Chandapal. When Chandapal came over, he inspired the young players to play well. Um, by getting volume and volume of runs, we had we had Shiv for three years. We won the Friends Provident and then we won the championship two, two years in a row. So that's what I was hoping from Amla. Um, and it hasn't come. It hasn't come about. But fair play to, to Middlesex. Sam Robson again. It's a good score. Again, we'll see it. I'll see it many, many times over the course of these next few weeks, up until June the second when England England Test match series starts. We have a horrible way in this country of discarding players at a young age who get who get better from the age of twenty five onwards. And I think Sam Robson. I hope Sam Robson's one of them because he made his Test match debut and he seems to be pushed cast aside. For every Sam Robson, there is maybe three or four of them. So, you know, fingers crossed. With England struggling at the top of the order, one, two, and three, Sibley being injured, Burns not knowing where you know where the runs are coming from, um, and Crawley got a few runs this week. You know, there'll be pressure on them. The likes of Robson, Bracey, Adam score scoring a few. Um, they're knocking on the door. So, you know, good on good on the players for keeping putting pressure on the Test match openers and number three.
2: OK, let's change uh, subject and move down to Hove now, where uh, Yorkshire were bowled out for 150 in the first innings. With George Garden. I there's a lot to like about him. I must say, on the first mm. day, knocked over uh, Joe Root and uh, finished with three for 25. But uh, Yorkshire came back and, uh, and to win that game by 48 runs. It was a terrific fight back. Um, Don Best took six for 53 in the fourth innings as Sussex were bowled out for 186. There was a lot that, uh, that stood out, but the character... Thought, I'm, a, I'm a real sucker for, for big, important partnerships for the 8th, ninth, and 10th wickets. And um, Willie and Olufier, Duan Olufier, added 51 in Yorkshire's second innings of 305. I always think it, it says a lot about the character and determination of a team when, when bowlers make runs, Harmy, just like you used to.
3: It does, yeah. And you know, you, You're always there for a good time and not a long one if your good time <laughs> is good. You've got a great chance because how many games are won by, you know, are swayed by that, you know, that that 50 60 run partnership down the order, demoralizes the opposition. Then all of a sudden, straight away, you put 50 on for the last wicket. And then, you know, Sussex was well, 64 for two, 80 for three. You think, well, that's the momentum shift has gone in our favor. And I agree with what you say about Young Garten. Um, There is a lot to like about his, you know, his action. You know, he moves the ball, he swings the ball, which is. Which is handy if you you have from from that point of view. Ollie Robinson again impressed for me. He could feature in this first test match. I think he'll definitely be in the squad for the first test match against New Zealand. New Zealand on the second of June. He only bowled seven point five overs, two for seventeen, probably because Yorkshire got bowled out for one fifty in the first innings. And then second innings again, he's he's in the wickets again. You know, a good long spell, 24 overs, three for 73. So there's a lot to like about Robinson as well. He's leading wicket taker in this country so far with 20 wickets. Um, in an average of I think he's got an average of 14. So I think he'll be knocking on the door. He probably impressed the England captain. Joe Root, five in each innings. I'm not bothered about Joe Root. He's class, he's brilliant, he's our best player. So yeah, you know, he's there just to get some time in the middle. We'd like a little bit more, I'm sure, but you watched Joe Root the week before that first test match. whoever you play whoever he's playing against on a flat wicket, I think Joe Root will then cash in because at the minute, I think he's just having some nice time relaxing time with his teammates and his mates at, at Yorkshire. But very, very good win for Yorkshire. It was an important win as well because we've said many, many times before, and we'll come on to it in a bit. The margins now for for winning, and the draw is eight points. You know, even if you draw a few games and you win a couple of games, you're still in the mix where before, I think it's showing the pitches are better because of that it wasn't like four points for a draw and then the pitches were poor pitches have been good, whether it's been the draw, eight points for the draw or because of how dry the, the summer's been so far, I think time will tell um, as the summer goes on, but a fantastic win for Yorkshire.
2: We keep talking about the possibility of uh, there being a a spot in the, in the top three for England in that first test against New Zealand, maybe even two spots. Um, let's keep an eye on Adam live. I mean, there are a lot of contenders. I must say there are a lot of top order batsmen scoring runs. Adam live made an important 66 in the second innings. There, a hundred runs in the game, almost 500 in the mm. championship in the first three games. So um, is he, is he um, coming up on the, on the rails on the outside?
3: Yeah, I hope he's in the conversation. I hope he's in the conversation. Left hander, you know, he was in part of the Ashes 2015 squad, I think he was when he when he made when he brought in and made his debut. I'll play alongside Live. He's a great kid, fantastic character, good guy to have around, and somebody he's got that Yorkshire grit about him. And again, I go back to Sam Robson, and I'll see it many times, probably over the course of the next five or six weeks. You know, these players get picked very, very early. They don't get looked at again. Because it seem to get discarded, and sometimes a lot, well, a lot of occasions, the they're actually better players when they're when they've when they're being discarded. And Adam Lyde looks as though he's having a very very good season, 488 runs at an average of 97. Another big score this week, along with one or two others, will really say to the selectors we might have to have a look at one two three for England, which haven't been firing. Okay, from Hove to
2: Edgebaston, Warwickshire, top of the table clash this against Essex and. A really, really rousing win um, for uh, the Bears with Rob Yates making 120 in that run chase uh, in the fourth innings, making 256 for three. Indian um, Kanuma Vihari um, finally got some runs for Warwickshire <laughs> as well, made a, a good 52. Simon Harmer held Essex together in their second innings made, with an 82 not out. But how about this? Went wicketless in the fourth innings, bowling 32 overs. None for eighty-eight. I mean, he never he, he never goes wicketless. Let alone the fourth innings of a of a four-day game. That's a, a real achievement for for Warwickshire, and uh, as I said, particularly for Rob Yates winning by seven wickets.
3: Yeah, it was a it was a fantastic win. And you know, when you look at the the scores and the pitch looks as though it, you know you would you would expect it to turn big time. So Simon Harmon not to pick to pick up um, any wickets, but he also again you you, you say you like lower order runs. You know, a huge little road of runs for Warwickshire for in this game. Danny Briggs, 66, battered number nine. And, and Mills, Craig Mills, 25. A huge partnership down there for the, I think it was for the ninth wicket. Nearly 70-odd, which was, uh, for me, it was the turning point in the game. Because, again, you know, all of a sudden, you look at Essex come out, 20, 24 for three, 25 for four. Um, a little momentum shift and a game changer in that. And, again, another one on the England radar and England watch. Ollie Stone, 4 for 89 in the first innings, 2 for 65 in the second innings. And then again, another one with Ollie Robinson. I think you'd be close to knocking on that England door to being in the 13, 14 man squad for the first test match if we're not in a biosecure bubble for that first test against New Zealand.
2: Oliver Hannon Dolby and Ollie Stone also took uh, four wickets apiece in, Essex, in uh, that Essex first innings of 295. But uh, Warwickshire then go top of uh, the, the table in Group One. Essex. Interestingly, Worcestershire are in second place there, having not won a game. Essex have won a game, and that's uh, courtesy of um, of the eight points for a draw. Quickly, Harmy, I mean, your thoughts on that eight points for a draw? I don't know whether you can explain it quickly. It doesn't. Is it controversial or is it just a strong talking point?
3: I think it's a strong talking point to potentially. If you just rewind back a little bit. Um, in India when the England captain was interviewed and talked about pitches and need to play on better pitches in county cricket because everything gets blamed on county cricket. If we lose the Ashes, we get it's county cricket. If we win the Ashes, Sheffield Shields, uh, the, the, the Aussies say we've got to play with the Duke ball in Sheffield Shields. So it swings and roundabouts every time that comes around. But when England captain mentions that we need to play on better pitches, we need our players to play 4 day games and into the latter part of 4 day for pressure... Um, I think eight points for a draw is something that comes with that. Don't know if it's the better pitches because of the weather or because it's eight points for a draw that you don't, you don't have, when it's, when it's four points for a draw, you can, you can potentially risk a bit playing on green seamers to go and win games because if you lose one, well, you win the next two, it's better than three draws. So I think when it comes to that point of view, I think because of the, the eight points for the draw, we're looking at, better pitchers, which produces better cricket, produces better cricketers, um, puts pressure on players in the fourth deer, fitness in bodies, making sure bowl, bowlers can bowl reverse swinging balls, spinning you know, batsmen against spinners, spinning pitchers. Um, all that comes possibly with the the, the better um, points total for a draw. I think it's that way. That's the way I think it, it looks like. And hopefully better cricket will come out. And it what it has done Time will tell, but it seems as though so far this season, there's been a lot of runs scored. There's been a lot of good games of cricket, fantastic games of cricket we've seen on the ECB stream. Um, and if it's eight points for a draw is helping that, well then, fingers crossed, it's here to steer because, you know, we don't want to see too many green seamers finishing two and a half days. You know, you think because, you know, the, the discrepancy between the points of winning, losing and drawing, um, fingers crossed that we're getting better cricket because of that. Let's
2: have a quick look at uh, what was a top-of-the-table clash between Hampshire and Gloucestershire, which finished in a draw. You've got to love a bit of... Uh, it's not just uh, runs from uh, numbers 9, 10 and 11 that uh, that uh, pleases me. It's, it's time in the middle. And Gloucester hang on, hanging on for uh, dear life with numbers 10 and 11, Josh Shaw and Dan. Uh, Dom Goodman batting for 17 overs to hang on. Hampshire made 470. They dominated the game, to be fair. Gloucestershire 320 and following on. Uh, finishing on 197 for nine, so H- Hampshire take the bragging rights, but but not the points, Harmy.
3: No, not the points. And for me, this is a great game of cricket. Absolute fantastic game of cricket. Uh, one team dominating, other team not giving an inch at all. We talked about in the first section about eight points for a draw. Better pitches, pressure going into the last deer, pressure going into the last hour. Well, this was it in, in abundance. Huge. Now, hats off to Hampshire. they got a, a, a mammoth total. An absolute mammoth total. 470s, a lot of runs. Um, Ian Holland. Look at this kid's story. Um, Australian born. Players for the US here. Number nine, eight, nine batsman a couple of years ago, bowling 80 mile an hour. He's now turned himself into a top order batsman. Opens the bat and he's got 335 runs. at Average of 111. He got another 100 this week. Tom up again. Um, another hundred. James Vince got a fifty, and you think, you know what? Making for Gloucester follow on. you have got a good chance of winning and going three from three here. But the way it just seems the way that Richard Dawson before, and I think Ian Harvey now, with the the steel in this Gloucester side. This Gloucester side, yes, there might be not be one of the, the fancied counties from the big test grounds, but there's some good players in this Gloucester side. Talked about James Brice who's been away with England. Ryan, uh, Ryan Higgins again gets wickets. He got another four for to go with 73 um, in the first innings. Uh, Bracey got 65. And then you bowl, you bowl a team out, follow on. You think, got a chance here with a bowling line up of Mohamed Abbas, Kyle Abbott, international player Liam Dawson, international player Mason Crane, and your numbers 10 and 11. 116 balls, 17 overs for the last wicket In hold on for an eight-point draw. It's if Gloucester manage to get themselves in where they are at this moment in time, which is second in the table, if they can manage to get themselves into that Division 1, not only is a massive achievement, but actually that last wicket partnership could be the difference between being in Division 1 or Division 2 when the Bob Willis Trophy stops after seven or seven or eight weeks.
2: Right. Time for you to have a chat to uh, David Beddingham, who um, born and bred in South Africa, schooled in Cape Town at Weinberg Boys High, which is the same school that uh, Jacques Callis went to. Their cricket ground is now has been renamed the Jacques Callis Oval. But uh, David Beddingham played for Western Province, now has thrown in his hat full time with Durham, courtesy of uh, a parental British passport. Actually, I think it's a grand parental British passport. But he scored 565 runs in just six innings this season, averaging 140 with two hundreds and two fifties. Um, and as I mentioned, he became the first Durham player to score over 350, over uh, uh, 300 runs in a Championship game with his 257 and unbeaten 50 in the declared
4: second innings. It was good. I thought. Um... Obviously happy with the performance. I was upset that we couldn't win, unfortunately, but um, I think I've heard some like scary um, stories about Durham itself in April, but the wicket actually played really, really nicely. So, yeah. Yeah, the wicket. Durham in, Durham in April,
3: I promise you, David, having 18 years of it, it's, uh, it's, the weather's not normally that pleasant. And normally there's more chance of, of bowlers getting to 60 wickets than a batsman getting anywhere near a 1,000 runs. By the end of May and early June, what you know, what you know, man mentioned about you know only playing four or five games last year. How was the preparation coming into to this season? COVID, but also preparing in, a,
4: in an English winter. Well, I think um, the three months from October to December in Cape Town helped help me quite big time. As I thought last year. I wasn't depressed, but I felt like COVID. I struggled with. COVID, like, it was the first time I was away from my family and friends and that sort of thing. Um, so, the three three months with family and friends in Cape Town was very important. Uh, and then came back start of Jan, and we trained hard. Uh, a lot of running in the cold, a lot of gym work, netting, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I think the biggest factor that helped me was maybe my, my girlfriend moving over, like, two and a half months ago. Um, it's just nice to have someone, like, that you know really well. And then there's tough days, you can chat to about it and, and that type of stuff, yeah. And in a place which is,
3: it's a beautiful part of the world. It's miles away from everywhere, as you'll find out when you're going on bus trips um, to everywhere in England. But it is a, a, a fantastic place to play cricket. And, you know, records are, are few and far between when it comes to Durham, because of the history only being, you know, first class since 1992. Rush is very close to being... Uh, the Durham's leading leading wicket-taker when he takes over from Graham Onion soon. But you broke a record yourself, 300 first-class runs in a championship match, something that nobody has done before. I think Martin Love was the closest, and the likes of Dale Benkenstein, Michael DiVinito, and, and uh, shivnarayan Ryan Chander, Paul, Paul Collingwood. That must be something special to come, hit the ground running
4: with a record like that. Yeah, it was quite cool. I, I didn't really know about the record, but it was nice to break it. I think they are there to be uh, broken, so I was happy about that. Uh, but like I said, it would have been nice if we could have won, um, but unfortunately, um, the Derbyshire batters played quite well and the mm-hmm. wicket was quite timid and quite quite flat in the end.
2: Yeah, you first-class average of 45. I, I've seen you play maybe a, a bit more than uh, some, some uh, Durham supporters have um, in Cape Town. Just uh, introduce yourself a little bit, your background, and you have an ancestral British passport, don't you?
4: Yeah, well, I started with Wyman Boys, obviously, and then uh, I went to Western Province and played in an the amateur setup there. And then from that, I went to study in Stellenbosch, uh, then played a couple games for Borland, um, and then was lucky enough to get contracted by the Cape Cobras. I played there for two years or one and a half years, and then somehow got in contact with um, Marcus North or Northie, and um, he and we spoke well, and I liked what he said. So, luckily enough, I was able to play as a local last year through uh, my ancestral visa, because both, both sets of grandparents were born in London, I think.
3: Cape Town crowd, senior. How much are you looking forward to playing in front of the Durham crowd? Because I do, and past yeah, experience in championship, you do get a decent crowd watching um, Durham when they're playing in whites, but under the lights and playing 2020
4: later on in the summer. Durham do get a good, good following. I don't think I've ever played because um, in Cape Town or in South Africa, the first class games, there's literally maybe five to 10 people in. So I think uh, it would be really nice to have them watching the first class stuff. I heard they're very knowledgeable people and uh, they give you a bit of stick if you're not doing well. So that's quite, uh, it's just exciting with that other stuff um, around the corner, hopefully. Yeah. And this week you've got
3: uh, Warwickshire, but potential having Mark Wood. In the in the Durham side, he played for Ashington this week just to get a little bit of a loosener. But how great would it be for you know for the Durham lads to have an England player in their in their lineup and potentially some a little bit of firepower that potentially could get you over the line
4: if you get yourselves in a winning position? Well, we just faced him now in nets, and um, I'm glad he's an outside side. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> against us, um, but John, it's really exciting. I think mean, he brings. A very different dynamic to to the team. I think we've got um, Rainey, Rashi, and Souls who can feature outside edge and nick you off and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I I just think he brings a, just a different dimension to the team, and thankfully he, he's on our side um, rather than theirs. Are you superstitious? What,
2: what How do you feel about being on a on a crest of a wave like this um, with these this kind of form? Do you just carry on riding the wave, or uh, do you? Um... Do you do you, uh, you or do you think there's a failure just around the corner?
4: Uh, I feel I used to be very uh, superstitious with putting on my left pad first and that sort of thing, but I've tried to stop, stop that. But Joe, you know, I'm I'm just gonna try and play play the same way, and if it works, it works. I think like there's no point of changing because you square runs. I think I just think there will be failures around around the corner, but hopefully my consistency can improve and. There'll be less failures than uh, success, basically. Yeah.
3: Thanks to David Benningham there, uh, and Durham again. Manners just couldn't get over the line. This is the second or third game in a row where, if they had been able to get the ten wickets in the fourth innings, they would have had themselves definitely third, possibly second, um, and staring down a barrel or staring at Warwickshire, who are flying in in, in group uh, in group one, but. You know, it was a good game at Derbyshire. Durham had all the running, but just not being able to get over the line. Yeah, Matt Critchley again impressed with the bat. You know, hundred nod in the in the game in the game to go with what he's you know, what he's gotten done so far this season. Four hundred and fifty runs. Chris Rushworth six for in the second innings. Not far from now from Graham Onions. I think Graham Onions 519. First class wickets for Durham. The record uh, all time for Durham, which is bizarre when you look at. Every other county's record's like 1,500 or 2,000. And Norman Gifford was my first coach who got like 2,500 first-class wickets. Remember, Durham have only been going since 1992. So it will be a fantastic achievement when Chris goes past them, possibly next week or definitely the the week after. And and Durham are in a good place, and a good place. And and David Beddingham, you mentioned there, his his history of South African cricket. Um, He's a good addition to Durham County Cricket Club.
2: They're in sixth place in Group One, Durham, but I must say they—they're uh, not playing like a group in la- uh, a team in last place. I think they're—they've shown better form than Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. Anyway, last question for you in this section—it's COVID curiosity number seven hundred and forty-two. <laughs> Billy Stanlake, the 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 lanky Australian quick, unable to make his Derbyshire debut because he had to serve quarantine, given that the county championship is not classified as elite sport, but the T20 Blast and the Rachel Hayho Flint uh, Championship is. So 20 over cricket and 50 over cricket is elite sport, but,
3: but four-day cricket isn't. Oh, manners, manners. We we have a way in this country of really royally shooting ourselves in the foot or Kicking ourselves between the legs. Honestly, this just does not make sense whatsoever. It's like it's like saying, oh, you can you can come over and you don't have to quarantine to play in the Premier League football, but because you're a Championship player, you can't. You know, it's it's a, it's a totally different thing. This is nonsense. This is shocking. Billy Billy Stanley should have been able to play. I think, and I, I can be corrected right by either the ECB or Glamorgan fans. I think Manas Labashin, who was brilliant for Glamorgan in, uh, in last year's uh, the Ashes? Year's County Championship. Um, he was going to play, potentially play this week for for Glamorgan, but I think under the same rules, he's not going to be able to play. For me, elite sport is professional sport, top level professional sport, and until you know we get that right, then again we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. It Would have been a great game for Billy Stanley to come and play in the Northeast, but when people ask why you love cricket, there's also on the other side, why people don't love cricket, because there's some <laughs> stupid things that go on. And this definitely is one of the stupidest things I've heard. 50 over and a 20 over competition is classed as elite. But four-day cricket, especially the way it's played at this minute in time and the way the, the, the contest has been so far this season and how good it's been, is not classed as elite sport. That's just bizarre, mate.
2: <laughs> You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 with the Institute of Cricket still to come. We'll uh, continue reviewing round three of the championship and discuss good weeks for both Hasib Hamid and Matt Parkinson. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash
3: weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news.
2: You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 as we look back at round three of the county championship. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can always listen back on the podcast, which is now available on the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lancashire beat Kent by an innings and five runs. And once again, my pet favourite subject, lower order runs. Um, And I believe, I'm told by a reputed statistician, But it's only the second time in championship history that numbers eight and nine have both scored hundreds. Lancashire making 525 with Luke Wood and uh, Danny Lamb making 119 and 125. And they went from uh, 300 odd for seven to 525. Kent, I think, uh, uh, had the wind taken out of their sails and succumbed to 169 and followed on to make 351, with Daniel Bell Drummond making 114. Zach Crawley made 60 and 36, but otherwise, gee whiz, Kent were just blown away, which I didn't see coming.
3: No, I didn't see coming. Lancashire seemed as though there was a little bit of transition in their in their four-day side. Um, got some fantastic players in there, but like you said, 187-run partnership um, for the eighth wicket is just absolutely killed Kent. When you like mentioned momentum shifts and things like that. 20 for three when Joe Denley was out in the first innings. Nowhere back for, for, for Kent. And we talked about last week, you know, the pick of the England players. Well, the pick of the England players again this week was probably Matt Parkinson. Got two for in the first innings. Only bowled 10 overs in the first innings, two for 38. But he had a monumental spell, which is great. Absolutely brilliant for the the young leg spinner to bowl a lot of overs. He bowled 52 overs in that second in the Kent second innings, getting seven for 126. And the one thing that he will have been told, I'm sure he did, I hope he did, go and knock on Chris Silverwood's door as he was leaving India after Mm -hmm. being in the biosecure bubble, mixing drinks and not looking like playing for the best part of three months. Gaffer, what do I need to do to get a game for England? And I'm sure Chris Silverwood says, go and bowl overs as a leg spinner and go and take wickets. There might be a little text message from Matt Parkinson to his, to his big boss at, uh, at England and say, I've done that for you, Gaffer. I'm, I'm in good form. You know, don't write me off. Don't write me off for that for that test match series against New Zealand. All the one-day series coming up. So good on him. Well done, Matt Parkinson. Um, and well done to, to Lancashire, because that is a very, very, very good win.
2: Same could be said for Don Bess, of course. Just a reminder that he took six for 53 as well.
3: He for did. Yorkshire
2: against Sussex.
3: He also said manners, which was interesting, and I can relate to this as a personal experience. I've been there many times. I'm you know, talking with experience from somebody who was number one ranked bowler in the world to bowl the first ball of an Ashes series to second slip, the worst ball in the history of the game. I think I've seen a mixed emotions throughout my whole career. And when Don Bess says... And he went on on record and quotes, said, at point I hated the game, it is an easy thing to do. It is an easy game to hit, this ge- great game of cricket that we all love to commentate and talk about and play. And there will be times throughout your career that you do hate the game. Um, and Don Best got to that point, and he's hopefully coming out the other side and, and getting six foot down at, at, down at Sussex this week in front of the England captain, would have done him, you know, you know would have done him a lot of good and, and, and I'm pleased for the kid because the one thing you cannot label with Don Best, um, is lack of effort, lack of trying, and his will to desire to get better. And I think if he's always got that, he's always got a chance in his career. And, and you know, fingers crossed he gets better and better until that sort of end of May June target when the first test match is selected.
2: Right. Time to pay uh, due credit uh, to Northampton who Chase down 357 for three. That's a heck of a fourth innings run, Chase, against uh, Glamorgan. Ricardo Vasconcelos making 185, Rob Keo 126. I mean, that's, um, Northants were, were up against it at several stages of that game. Glamorgan continued to impress. I mean, um, at 311 for five in the second innings, our old friend or young friend, Kieran Carlson, making 50 yeah. in both innings. But uh, it was Vasconcellos' day. I mean, 185. That's a heck of a run chase.
3: It is a heck of a run chase. We had um, Tim Bresnan on last week about their run chase against a good good bowling attack. And this bowling attack at, at Glamorgan, it, it, you know, the, the Glamorgan bowling attack is, is a decent attack. Michael Hogan, you know, a very, very good bowler. James Harris moved from Middlesex, I think, to, to Glamorgan on loan. You know, this is not a bad bowling attack. Fourth-day pitch to chase Three hundred and fifty-seven, just for three inside inside new ball territory. They didn't even get to the second new ball. Seventy-two point four overs, and that is a phenomenal achievement and a phenomenal chase. Um, and again, you mentioned young uh, young Carl- uh, Carlson. He's starting to put some good numbers on the board. Twenty-two year old, you know, the the, the might unearthed the little gem here. He's got four hundred twenty-seven runs and in six innings so far this season. Uh, so hopefully he continues. But a, a great win, absolutely brilliant win for Northampton.
2: OK, we've mentioned um, him a couple of times already. Hasib Hamid, who, um, well, he was released by Lancashire, wasn't he? I mean, he, he, uh, he made his debut for England as a 19-year-old. And uh, he, one of your hobby horses is uh, young players who get discarded, picked too early and then discarded too early and then not looked at again. But it looked like his career might be over. But he's a history maker now. Uh, I just want to qualify this because there's 635 balls that he faced in making 100 in both innings, 111 and 114 not out. Records only go back to, of balls faced, uh, only go back to 1997. So there have undoubtedly been some innings in the history of the championship, which, or some matches, that have, uh, batsmen have faced more than 635 balls, but that's the most since 1997. Worcestershire, 436 and knots uh, hung in there 276 and, and then 236 for naught ben Slater also made 114 not out uh, it was um it was it was fairly slow stuff it was fairly turgid on the last day but um as i said hasib hamid's made history
3: yeah and it is and it's it's good to see it's good to see a young player come through adversity and you know, he's he's made a hundred in each innings he's not you know, in, a, in any way, shape or form for me, uh, one of the ones that can knock on the selector's door, but he's in the right direction. He's going the right way. A little change of scenery, which is brilliant. Got, it's gone from a, a big county to another big test ground and county. So fingers crossed, working with Peter Moores, um, who gets every ounce out of here as a, as a player. You know, you work so hard. If you're prepared to work hard, Peter Moores will work hard with you and get the best for you. Um, and fingers crossed that that move does work because we've seen in India, this kid's got talent. He's got talent. If anything, he's got low hands, which probably isn't suited to the English style, but a born bouncing Australian-type pitches or, or you know, the, you know, the West Indies or South Africa. But in India, he showed he's got serious, serious talent, good hands, good movement. And the one thing he's got on his side he's got time he's still he's still a kid he's still a young lad, so let's not you know write the kid off so I'm, I'm too early fingers crossed this is you know he got to rock bottom going to knots fingers crossed he goes in the right direction and puts some runs on the board that by the end of the season he could potentially knock on knock on the selector's door and say well, there might be a winter play somewhere in the world for me which will just keep. Developing my career going forward, so you know, good on him, well done. Young Libby as well. Jack Libby got 100, and he again another one of uh, you know the players that isn't recognised the sort of Test Test match player, these big players that we talk about. But he's climbing the charts as well. He's got 320 runs so far this season in in only four innings, averaging 100. Um, He got 180 last week, so you know Worcester again will be happy with the, the way he's performed. But another draw. Another eight points for a draw, manners.
2: Yeah, it's um, a draw isn't what it used to be. It's worth a bit more than it used to be. Somerset yeah. <laughs> finally won their second game. Won the first, lost the second, won the third with a, an easy victory over Leicestershire. To be honest, it really was a fairly straightforward game, isn't it? With one team just um, better in all departments than the other.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and I've made I've made a joke a couple of times um, of Leicester. I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to look at the other side and say how well. Two England bowlers have bowled in this game. Uh, Craig Overton, again, probably a bit like Parkinson saying to Chris Silverwood and, and, and the management team in, in India, what do I need to do to get into test connection, uh, contention? And it's to take wickets. And he got three for 93, Craig Overton uh, in 17 overs, very good economy rate in the first innings. And then he gets a five for in the second innings, five for 25 off 18 overs. So he got overs under his belt, got wickets. Which was brilliant to see, as well as Jack Leach. You know, another twenty overs under Jack Leach's belt in the second innings, seven in the first. Got five wickets in the match, and if you put his figures together, what's that? Five for sixty, five for sixty-six off twenty-seven overs. If you had that in a in a fourth innings or a, a one-innings match from your spinner, that's how many overs you'd look to get. That's a good wicket return. So, you know, signs are good for England spinners. The three spinners that England probably had in contention, which is best. Pfeiffer, Parkinson a Pfeiffer and Leach Pfeiffer in the match this week, good signs for England So very very quickly for those
2: who need reminding of the format of the championship this year, there are three groups of six teams, they all play each other home and away, that's ten games at the end of that section of the championship, the top two from each of the three groups goes into Division 1, the middle Two teams go into Division 2 and uh, the bottom two teams in each group go into Division 3. They carry over the points they've earned against the teams that they progress with and then they play the other four they haven't played. So it's a 14-game championship. At the moment, Group 1 is topped by Warwickshire and Worcestershire with Essex and Notts in uh, in, uh, third place and fourth place. Group 2, Hampshire and Gloucestershire at top with Somerset in third place and Middlesex fourth. And Group 3, is topped by the Red Rose and the White Rose. Lancashire and Yorkshire in first and second place, with Sussex and Northance in third and fourth. Um, There are some really, really eye-watering numbers of positive uh, COVID-19 cases in India, and they are costing lives. Pat Cummins, of course, was the first to donate some money, $50,000, uh, to help India in their fight uh, a- against the the pandemic, against the virus, he admitted that it. He said it wasn't much, but hopefully it, it could help some people. And he and he urged other players to to donate as well. Of course, not everybody was quite as well paid as as Pat Cummins. But please don't be cynical about that. If you actually read his statement, uh, then you will know that uh, that that he is he is both a gentleman and uh, a. A sensitive person and uh, and that gesture uh was really really sincere um if if you um feel cynical about it um other australians have also left the ipl but harmy just give us your thoughts first of all we're going to hear in a moment from our one and only dearly beloved darren goff on what he thinks about uh, the ipl and whether it should continue or not but what and let's get your your thoughts first of all, can we?
3: I don't, I don't personally think it should carry on. I think it, uh, it would need to stop for me. You've got to detach the players from the owners and the the uh, organisation. The players can make their own minds up. Like our Ashwin decided to, he's going to go home and try and protect his family. The, the three guys have gone back to Australia. You can't. I don't think you can blame the players too much because. They're involved in this. There's a contractual obligation, everything that comes. This, for me, has got to go from above. The hypocrisy of some of the sides of it, because England players walked off mid-match in Sri Lanka and decided they were going home because of their families. Rightly so. Manners, I was in a studio, sitting, waiting, listening to your lovely voice, waiting from, from South Africa... Cape Town, when the when the series got called off over there, Australia didn't even travel. When you were talking about one or two uh, thousand cases, and, you know, we're looking at three hundred fifty thousand cases daily here. This is not this is serious over in India. And I, I look at why the Premier League football was stopped, having sat on Talksport Breakfast Show during that time, and it was stopped for the reasons of our emergency services were needed to cover better things. People were dying. We couldn't have. And the balance between when it started again, having football on every night, yes, it was great. And I could see why the IPL want to do that. I just can't believe that that overweight the emergency services being stretched too much by, because you will have to have, we're looking at probably 500 people in a bubble because we're not looking at 22 players. We're looking at squads of 25 each. We're looking at coaching staff, we're looking at owners, we're looking at hangers-on, we're looking at commentators. Everything that goes with that, and for me, I, I would I would, I would, would be uneasy being in there and thinking, you know, this should be done in a different way. I'll
2: tell you what, homie, that's, uh I, th- I, I think Goffey says much of the same thing, so let's hear from him.
3: They need to have a good look at
0: themselves, some of the cricketers around the world. and And the reason I say that, when people are dying around them, and this is not um eight hundred, nine hundred a day who have been converted. This is three hundred and fifty thousand a day that keeps rising and rising and rising. And people will say, well, this been on TV is keeping people in their households. It's not you have got so many people per each team. And if you look at the cricket grounds, they've also got all the owners and their anger honors who are with them at the ground as well, all in a enclosed environment. Kevin Peterson, text yesterday, he'd had six COVID tests in seven days. Wow. So they've got people there administering uh, all that. They've got ambulance uh, crews and all these games, because it is a, a, a big, high profile tournament with big, high profile cricket names who are paid a lot of money to be there. So they have to be on duty. Those resources would be better helping India get through this crisis that's going on at this moment in time with millions of deaths so far, and the reason I say that there's a few reasons the Aussies called off the South Africa tour because there were 1000 cases per day well in India there's 350,000 cases per day <laughs> yet some Australians are still there a few have left I think Ty, Zamper and Richardson have gone um, but where's the rest of them who were adamant they didn't want to go to South Africa what about the England players that were desperate to get home from Sri Lanka Be um, during COVID because it took off in England uh, the numbers were rising and they wanted to be around their families because they were concerned. Well, they're all still over in India playing in the IPL and some of them have got their family there, but they've still got a lot of family members over here and they'll be worried about them in India in the heartbeat of COVID at this current time. They should be coming home. England, they had two people in South Africa in a hotel that got COVID. So England packed their bags and flew home on private jet and cancelled that tour. Yet... Eight England players are still over in the IPL. Commentators still over in the IPL. Dominic Cork, Graham Swan, Nick Knight, Kevin Peterson. It's it's, it's, it's unreal, but it's still going on. I'm, yes, I'm watching it, but I cannot understand with everything that's going on in India at this moment in time, that tournament is taking place with the numbers we are talking about. This is not 200, 300 a day. This is 350,000. Diagnosed every day. There's too much. This tournament has got to end now. The PSL got cancelled, and they're going to go back in June to finish that tournament. What is different about the IPL, except for it is the biggest contract media rights the world's ever seen? I forgot to mention, by the way, that
2: uh, Goffey has just been named as the a uh, a non-executive director of the PCA, which sounds a little like he gets a seat on the board but doesn't have to take responsibility for anything.
3: That's a brilliant role for Goffy. That's a brilliant role for Darren, and congratulations to him and well done to the PCA for bringing a, another player, you know, former very very good player, opinionated on the, on the day. But you know, one thing about the PCA, you're going to have to watch if they're going to invite him to a test match, their bar bill is going to be massive because he's <laughs> not coming. He's not coming to drink water and eat, eat your sandwiches. He's coming for a good afternoon. Only joking, Darren. It's great, it's fantastic to see. And is there anybody better than Darren Goff? Talking about life and and sport, I don't think there is. And the PCA will be a better place for Darren being involved in it.
2: And finally, um, look ahead to next week's fixtures, uh, the fourth round of uh, the championship. I must say, the one that leaps out to me, not for the reasons I thought it would a couple of weeks ago, but Surrey, Hampshire, because Surrey have been in, as we've mentioned, dreadful form. um, And Hampshire have been... In super form and they're top of their group, so I'm I, I'm looking forward to that one. Which which ones uh, do you you like the look of? Durham, Warwickshire, yeah.
3: so, Surrey, Hampshire has to be it has to be the title one, uh, the top one because of what you've just said. Manners Hampshire win and they're probably in Division One for the for the for the next round of the the championship. Surrey lose and they're in Division Three, and that would be huge for for, for Alex Stewart um, and the coaching staff there. That it's a big big week for 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 Surrey County Cricket Club. Somerset Middlesex are going to be an intriguing one. Um, Jack Leach going back to Taunton, getting closer, bowling more overs with good. Mark Wood back playing meaningful cricket against against Warwickshire. That could be a a big week for for Durham. You know, Bedingham and the form he's in. Having Mark Wood back could be uh, it could be massive. Broad back playing in the local derby, Derbyshire against Notts in the uh, in you know, the Midlands derby there. So some very very good games. Are we going to see Joffre Archer soon? I think he started playing, started bowling again. So fingers crossed, probably a week too early to see Jofra, but it'll be nice to, to, to get him back. And, um, and Gloucester, another chance for James Bracey to stake a claim for a, a top three England spot against Leicester, who have, have had their struggles. So it'd be an interesting week all round.
2: Absolutely loved the first three rounds of the championship. There was a lot of cynicism, wasn't there? And a lot of yeah. uh, pessimism, negativity about the fact that it was uh, so early in the season. Lots of speculation that uh, that uh, anybody that uh, could bowl with a little bit of nibble or a little bit of swing on the, the the medium paces would be knocking teams over for 120. Hasn't happened at all. It's been a cracking start to the championship
3: man as it has it's been great the pitches whether it's been because yeah, it's, I'm actually sitting and it's raining and it's raining for the first time in about six weeks up at the northeast cricket cricket groundsmen and golf courses are over the moon to see the heavens open um, maybe it's because of it's been so dry and it's been good for the surfaces maybe it's the eight points has been a draw but the one thing again I'll congratulate the ECB on their streaming service is absolutely brilliant we can all see as members As former players, see our young players, our old players, um, our players, our England players, all on our TV screens or our iPads or whatever. And it's brilliant. It's been a fascinating three weeks. And fingers crossed it carries on because the way this is going, it's going to give the new selection panel a massive headache on picking that team for the first Test match come June. And that is brilliant for England going into what is five test matches against India, two test matches against the best team in the world in New Zealand and the Ashes later on in the year. It's, it's been a fascinating three or four weeks. Brilliant. Thanks, Harmy. Uh, same time,
2: same place. Next week, you've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 in our review of round three of the County Championship. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up on previous episodes, you can listen back to the podcast available now on the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, cheers.